1: suckers going up our show this week is sponsored by invest engine here's some stuff i've written on invest engine if you want to get rich but you don't know what to do there's a link in the description that's just for you click on it to get to the invest engine site and start yourself on the path to doing it right you can buy etfs from all over the earth and gradually start to build your net worth there's capital at risk and there are no guarantees except that the platform doesn't charge you fees no isa fees deposit fees or even fees for dealing buying with invest engine can give you a nice feeling add 100 pounds today and leave it for a year to get 25 more just don't buy boston beer you can pick your own investments, or if you don't know what to do, you can leave it up to them and they'll do it for you. There's a cost for that bit, but it's really quite good. At a quarter of 1%, it's a third of Cathy Wood. Invest Engine really is the cheapest way to get yourself invested in the stock markets today. We like them a lot, and they sponsor our shows, so get yourself started. Click the link down below.
2: Mr. Wanteck. Hello. Yeah. Excuse me? Mr. Wanteck. M- I-, I think you find it's,
1: it's Dr. Take to you. <laughs>
2: yeah, don't, <laughs> the sucker's going up
0: guys we've got a new prime minister and lots of earnings to talk about this week it's the playing footsie show and we're back with steve d steve w and me paul Briscoe. what have you been doing this week guys and how's the stock market looking
1: ah mostly this week paul nice to be here nice to see steve as well i've been being poorly uh my little one's not very well and he's had a round of jabs today actually which is quite miserable for him on top of a cult so he's extremely cross which has meant that i've been sleeping even less than i usually do uh my portfolio has mainly kind of gone to sleep as well i am fairly heavily exposed in one way or another to digital advertising um so that i guess tells you enough is what you need to know about where my portfolio has gone this week uk stocks have been interesting we can talk about them in a little bit but um this week probably a down week i think in my uh stock investments but oh well always next week yeah same for me
2: uh i'm in the uh digital advertising space quite heavily as well and uh to be fair i've been doing really well i think i've had Uh, I had five straight green days uh, last week, and then two green days um, this week, and then this has just its not been a very good day-to-day. Spotify is is down, Uh, Google is down, ASML is down, and Boeing are down. They're all pretty high up in my portfolio, so um, they've all... uh, uh, contributed to a couple of percent uh down but still feeling pretty rosy about the whole situation i think earnings on the whole have been better than i expected um but how about you paul how are you doing uh, it's not bad it's
0: i'm only looking at it sporadically at the minute because i'm sitting at 19 grand just staring at me in the face that i can't spend just yet uh it was 10 percent down now about 4 percent down one thing i did see today because and we'll get on to earnings and things later microsoft down eight percent today and i was pretty chuffed about that because i sold microsoft last week but uh, i've just had a look while you guys were talking just then and i actually sold it at about 225 dollars and even with the big seven percent drop today it's still around 230 odd dollars so i still it's still way above the price that i actually sold it out which is very interesting indeed um otherwise it's just been busy for me and well, i've been looking at stocks making videos and i cannot tell and this is one thing that i want to get ask you guys today is i cannot tell where this is going usually i feel like i've got a good eye for the market and where sentiment is but right now i'm totally confused i just i don't know if it's just because i've not been looking very much but i can how does it feel to you guys and it's more just I want to get the feeling of what you feel market sentiment is like at the moment.
1: So We've been mainly talking about U.S. stocks uh, so far. So if I talk about the U.S. market just for a moment, then back to the U.K. one in a little bit, which I think is a slightly different animal right now. Um, it feels to me like they're constantly watching for this kind of Federal Reserve thing, which... Was initially supposed to be a pivot and then was supposed to be a pause and then was supposed to be kind of something else to do with slowing down basically any vague sign that the fed is going to slow down the pace of its rate hikes i really don't see it i think this has further to come down because basically interest rates are what drive the level of stocks at the moment um and they are effectively set by inflation and inflation is like 8.2 percent or something that's nowhere near two percent and People are continually saying the Fed has to stop soon or will pause soon or will slow down or will pivot or something like that. I mean, we've gone off the idea they're going to start cutting rates anytime soon. I think there's a recession coming in 2023 uh, for the US, probably the UK too, but... My sense is this still has further to run. I'm interested in when you sold your Microsoft stuff, though, because I wonder whether you might be about to catch a bit of a boost by... You might have sold it at a time when the pound was pretty weak, and the pound is now a lot stronger, and I wonder whether that might make the difference for you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Microsoft-wise, was sometime last week, and obviously the pound has recovered. This is way before trusted the u-turn so it was going pretty good as far as the pound went and microsoft wasn't doing so bad at the time it's not certainly the worst stock in the us to fall at present but it, it it wasn't my sort of decision to sell microsoft i didn't specifically pick out microsoft and go oh i don't think that's going there anywhere although i do think that it had less to run than say others But it was one of the, because I need the money, it was one of the few stocks that I was quite heavily still in the green on. i got a feeling I was around 25% up, which is quite, quite a hefty uh, amount for my portfolio. But the majority of that, I will admit that was going to be FX. It's the same as I discussed uh, on my video today, which will come out yesterday, as far as this podcast is concerned. Uh, I discussed... BAE systems and how I sold that because it was around 50% up and it just felt like at a 19p ratio it was one of the stocks that needed to go out of my portfolio as well It's it, I, I would have kept it without a doubt if I didn't need the money, but I need the money so I had to go, so I haven't made a decision that Microsoft in particular is, is overvalued and there's better options elsewhere I needed the money and that was one I was most in the green on and what i felt probably have the best uh, return capabilities at that time uh i did keep sml and i kept kla which are two stocks that i think is, still have a lot to run and can run in the long term obviously but um we it's, it's a it's a weird one how are you feeling mr d is it uh Is the sentiment there for you? Do you think people are entering stocks at the minute, or is this like a a rally that's just going to fizzle out?
2: Uh, I don't really care about anything like that. I try not to think about it too much, to be honest, because I think things like that are sort of out of my control. I stick to a regular deposit schedule, and and that's what I intend to do. Tomorrow is – well, tomorrow will be uh, Thursday. It's my day to deposit, and I will be buying – something if i think the value is there to be bought essentially where we are in the market means nothing to me whether i can see value in the things i want to buy is what matters the most so uh there's value in a a lot of things in my portfolio at the moment but you've also Mm. got to look forward as well one of the things i was just talking to somebody on the highlights channel about just before we came on air was he was saying that adidas looked great and adidas does look great on its historic items if you look at its historic earnings against you know its value today it looks super cheap uh but going against its forward earnings with this inventory at least over the short term, i yeah i think there's still a little bit of pressure there so I did ask someone I'd want to hedge down on, but I'm not too sure yet. Yeah. I think you know that is one way you could extract more value from it later down the line, but that's generally what I do. I'm taking it, taking it day by day.
0: Yeah, definitely. I did like what Steve said about interest rates. The old Buffett adage of interest rates are like what gravity is to stocks. So, um, it, oh well, that's not exactly. <laughs> i messed up a quote there but it doesn't matter <laughs> i think we get the point um however this week we've got a new pm last week we said uh the bets were on for rishi sunak and he's ended up taking it away so what the hell is going on with british politics right now
1: british politics no one really knows it's wednesday and as News Today uh, was telling us there's now a delay on the latest kind of budget uh, announcement from Chancellor Jeremy Hunt, who will be staying as Chancellor, uh, for what it's worth. He was there under the end of the old government, but will be carrying on for this one. He's been attempting to effectively stabilise things after the quote-unquote mini-budget from uh, Liz Truss and quasi Kwarteng that we talked about a few times on this show, actually, uh, before. In UK stocks, I think they've been reacting a fair bit to UK uh, politics for what it's worth. The FTSE's been up uh, quite a bit since then. And if you're trying to figure out why, I think it comes back to that interest rates thing, more or less. Change in uh, Prime Minister means that we're almost certainly not getting that mini budget thing. Uh, And that mini budget thing was basically quite a lot of spending on stuff like energy bills and quite a lot of tax cuts, most of which were going to be funded by... Borrowing and borrowing is likely to mean inflation and inflation is likely to mean higher interest rates and the prospect of higher interest rates, as we know, pushes down uh, stocks. Um, So if you're wondering why uh, the UK stocks have been moving higher uh, for most of this week, last time I looked, they were basically back at the level they were at before the announcement of that mini budget. That's my idea about why that is. The market's no longer as afraid of higher interest rates as it was before because uh, a lot of the kind of financial plan that was likely to cause higher interest rates appears to have gone away. There's still a huge amount of headwind to deal with here. I said that US inflation was running at 8.2. I think the last UK count was uh, 10.1%. This is a very, very long way away from 2%. Um, So... I'm not expecting this particular FTSE rally to kind of continue, uh, the kind of upswing we've seen since Rishi Sunak took charge, but it makes sense to me that it's made it to where it has so far, or at least that's how I make sense of it in my head.
2: Well, looking at at what Rishi's um, done here is uh, essentially he's seen as a steady hand, and I would say the vast majority of the people in this cabinet are also steady hands, or at least old hands, in terms of... um, you know, a lot of these people have seen cabinet action before, uh, not the sort oh, of cabinet yeah. action uh, Bit of idea. that the old health secretary uh, <laughs> was getting. But yeah, um, <laughs> I think what we're seeing here is essentially what the Tories are going for is uh, steady hands. Um... Probably not too much controversy, not too much change. I would expect this to be more a continuation of the sort of things Rishi was pushing as Chancellor, uh, being carried on into uh, what he will do as leader. I I sense that Hunt will uh, will just be pushing... Rishi policies it must be strange for Hunt because I don't think he's got anything to do with economics. So to have somebody who is, uh, sort of the ex chancellor and, uh, very interested in economics, sort of like breathing down your neck. I think he might be sort of micromanaging, uh, micromanaging the hell out of him, which is probably why if you look at the BBC website, Hunt looks so terrified.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> but in terms of FTSE stocks, the pound strengthening as well, which is one of the things, uh, to, to consider the pound strengthening, uh, obviously can help some FTSE stocks depending on where they get their earnings from um but in terms of a cabinet it just looks more well-rounded and i think that's probably what we're going to uh well probably what we're going to hear when when they finally do uh, release this budget it's going to be less craziness and probably more of what we expect Giving
0: some con giving some confidence to the markets is is kind of where we're looking at there. I mean Jeremy Hunt, yeah, definitely no real economics other than bending over the NHS for ten years, really. Um yes, I, I I agree. I think he's been put there because Rishi wants to it's number one on the list. Rishi is gonna be is probably the best man for that job, to be honest, and he's probably gonna micromanage it, like I said. But I do think I mean, there's my theory that Rishi Sunak's just in there as a caretaker with, with the eventuality that one of the other two, Boris or Penny, is going to actually be in there for the next general election. Uh, that's going They're the ones which are going to push the new Conservative-style front there. I, I think this is all a long tactical game and they are just kind of placeholding to try and get through this mess there either so there's, there's two there's two ways out of this really there's fix it which is pretty is pretty tough job or cash out which is going to be the thing so make it very hard for the next Labour government who is likely to come in to make any real progress and also give a bit to yourself on, on the
2: side well, you're gonna. this is damage limitation now from the Tories, isn't it? Because in two years, it's not going to be enough time you wouldn't expect to turn around the sort of a lead that Starmer has in the polls, plus the general ill-feeling we seem to always have to uh, any leader who comes in without a general election. I think that's... I can't remember a time when that's ever really... Uh, no, in recent memory, anyway, that's whether that's actually worked. Um, no. So, yeah, I think, uh, Rishi, if the polls improve and the Tories, you know, look like they're going to not lose hundreds and hundreds of seats, and I would fully expect Rishi to be in for the general election, and whether whether he chooses to stay on afterwards uh, is, is up to him. I suppose it depends on how devastating the the defeat is. Um, but, Steve, did you want
1: to chime in before we move on to Barquis, or are you... A couple of quick thoughts on this, I guess. I liked your point about Jeremy Hunt not being an, econ- uh, an economist particularly. What that reminded me of in the most recent memory that I have of these things uh, was Gordon Brown's Prime Minister... Uh, stints with Alistair Darling as a Chancellor, who was also not an economist, but Gordon Brown had had a very long and very detailed and, I think, pretty successful by most standards tenure as a Chancellor. Um, And that, of course, ended disastrously badly uh, for the Labour Party. Um, So I wonder whether there's something similar kind of going on here. Of course, Rishi Sunak's not far away from having been thinking about these kind of matters, and it makes sense that he would have a a closer eye on... um, economy matters than he would on, say, the Foreign Office or something like that. But uh, I worry for people's energy bills in the short term. I think the reason Liz Truss beat Rishi Sunak in that Tory leadership election is because her policy of, I'm going to get people's uh, energy bills down, was popular and was a vote winner and kind of that front and centre uh was attractive rishi sunak has never been of that kind of view he was of course chancellor under boris johnson when people thought their energy bills are going to go through the roof um exactly where they come down i'm not sure jeremy hunt does want to cap them but only till april so i'm concerned about the prospect of rising energy bills personally
2: the sucker's going up um
1: so i've been having a quick look at barkers they reported
2: their um They reported their financials, I think it was uh, this morning or or it was late last night. And to be fair to Barclays, this this report is pretty strong. They they posted about 1.5 billion in income, uh, which is about 500 million more than analysts expected. It's about 150 million above um, last year's position. Um, and this is despite they've still got ongoing litigation in the U.S. at the moment, which has soaked up about a billion dollars in cash. And they had a uh, trading irregularities uh, fine and, well, continued fine and continued um, continuing to be looked into. It's racking up quite the bill. Um, most of this came from fixed income currencies and commodities. That's a special part of uh, Barclays. And they that particularly strong performance with that, it was up 96% year on year. Um, net interest margin uh, had a healthy jump as well Uh, that rose from 2.53 to 2.78% so this is the difference between uh, the interest that a bank pays and the interest that it receives from the loans it makes so it's the delta between the savings rate and the loan rate Uh, the higher the better as an investor Uh, the lower the better if you're a consumer Uh, return on tangible equity this is just equity when you strip out all the crap like goodwill and stuff like that came in at 12.5% if that's a metric you care about. I would argue you probably should when it comes to a bank. Um, a couple of weaker points, CT one ratio slip. This is their um, ability to absorb shocks and uh, any kind of Really poor macro environments, it slipped to 13.8%. Uh, I like to see that a little bit higher in a bank. Uh, UK banks tend to sort of hover around the 15 plus mark. So, uh, but then again, backers is currently uh, being sued. So maybe when that comes back in, uh, we should be able to see that creep back up. But yeah, backers was interesting. Market didn't really care about it, looks like it was really flat on the day. But is backers a stock that either of you are interested in?
1: No, um, really but. Looking. I am interested in the UK banks generally uh, though I've looked at Barclays I did a little bit of looking at NatWest Lloyds and HSBC as well HSBC is a slightly different sort of animal it's kind of focused on both the UK and uh, kind of a bit further east. Um, Barclays, as I saw it, was kind of edged by Lloyds on net interest margin and on uh, CEC one ratio. I think you're looking at exactly the right thing, by the way, when it comes to return on tangible equity. And then I would value a bank based on its price to that tangible equity, basically. So the way I sort of think about banks, I sort of think, well, what return am I looking for? Uh, 15%, call it that. Um, how much do they make on their equity? Fair enough. Now that tells me the price to book multiple that I have to pay uh, for this sort of thing. The UK banks are interesting. I sort of think of them as overregulated, under profitable, but that return on tangible equity is not bad. It compares pretty favorably with some of the other um, banks that we sort of more commonly talk about or that I was talking about, I think, last week.
2: I
0: cannot get my head around UK banks. I'm really sorry. I just have no interest in them whatsoever. So you guys have covered most of it there um let's get on to big tech big tech has had a rough week this week with uh are we going to include spotify and big tech here that's kind of medium to little tech really isn't it but google and microsoft uh released their earnings to yesterday and they have fallen quite considerably this is being recorded on wednesday evening so we have i think google down nine percent on its earnings and microsoft down uh only seven percent on its earnings and guidance this uh this evening who wants to take me through google
1: i'll start on google uh yeah as you pointed out stocks down around nine percent it missed its earnings and it missed its revenue as well um in one case by significantly more than another i'll go through the numbers to start off with and we'll kind of come back to the views bit i'll flip it over to steve Uh, We mentioned kind of the U.S. market a little bit earlier, for what it's worth, and you asked about sentiment, Paul. I mean, one of the things that I think kind of goes a long way towards defining sentiment is that attitude towards big tech Um, and Google's earnings. And to an extent, Microsoft's as well, and general concerns about the state of big tech. The U.S. indices are—they're not dominated by it, but they are. Tech is a large part of that index, and 50%. the big parts of it. Are, yeah. Um, so there's—you know—they're significantly they go as big tech goes uh, in a number of ways. So that's I think weighing on investor sentiment too. Anyway, numbers about Alphabet uh their revenues came in at 69.09 billion they were expecting uh 70 and a half basically seven zero sorry and a half which is a miss of about two percent that's six percent higher in terms of revenue than it was a year ago earnings per share came in at a dollar and six uh, expected a dollar and 25 which is about a 15 percent mix miss down 24 percent from last year uh operating margins were a number that stood out to me they're 25 uh they're down from 32 percent a year ago which is a significant kind of fall off in margins you kind of can infer that a little bit from the fact that revenues were up and income was down but um youtube revenues were down and operating income was down across that kind of uh Google stuff segment. They basically have two main bits going on with their business. There's the Google Everything, the advertising business, and there's the kind of cloud business. The Google Everything business makes up about 89% of the revenues and revenues climbed a mighty three percent in that. That's been growing at around 10% on average over the last decade and it was up 40% last year, I think. So that's quite the slowdown, but it is still moving forwards. Um Google Cloud revenues were up much better up 38%. This is about 10% of the entire business. The thing is loss making Uh, earnings per share for the 12 trailing months are now $5.03. The share price is currently around $96, I think, uh, which gives you a PE of something like 19. Steve, what do you think about any of this? Uh, so I thought it was, I mean, it
2: was a poor quarter, but I think we'd be lying if we said we didn't really expect it to be something like this. I, uh, have listened to the his call at length and I've pulled out some stats from the his report and, and tried to make them as fun as possible for you. So I'll go with, um, what Sunder said, um, First up, he said, there's no question we're operating in an uncertain environment. I really like pulling out quotes from um, Sundar Pichai because I think he is he is almost Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he says is like, yes, yes, we know, we know. Um, but look, despite laughing at them, I think this report still shows the strength of Google's business. So despite the downturn in, in the ad spend market at the moment. So revenue growth being a mere 6.5% year on year, this is of comps as steve said and it would have been 11 if we're talking about fx neutral uh, but it wasn't personally this doesn't matter because google hedges some of this revenue it made a 638 million dollar from the hedge so fx neutrality uh really giving us that is a is a nuisance stat really i would say um youtube ads uh were down year on year uh, as was Google's network spend. I think this is temporary and will return. Two reasons for this. The general downturn in marketing spend to YouTube is suffering with the meta problem at the moment. We, we've talked about the meta problem before, but quickly, uh, they've got a rival uh, to TikTok that's gaining traction. Uh, it's YouTube Shorts. 1.5 billion monthly active users generating 30 billion daily views. It's not monetized very well as the main content. It's thus cannibalizing themselves, uh, at least temporarily. They've started monetizing monetizing shorts this went live in september so most of the quarter was missed in this report uh the next quarter though we'll be telling uh, tell you how effective it's been at least um i mean especially if tiktok gets banned in the quarter um cloud margin is the best it's ever been steve which at minus 10 percent is not worth <laughs> talking about um when google cracked this we think it'll be an exceptional business blah blah blah, blah. um they mentioned that the vast majority of this its negative margin is still servers, uh, as you'd expect, in a rapidly expanding cloud business. Um, Google mentioned in the call that... Customers are taking a little bit longer to decide, and when they do decide, they're taking shorter terms at the moment due to the macro uncertainty. I think all of that is to be expected. So one of the surprises this quarter um, was that despite a lot of spending on uh, buybacks, they are not making a dent in the share count, and that's because Google's headcount is ex- is increasing exponentially. Um, they're definitely hoovering up all the talent that Silicon Valley is cutting out, and to put this headcount in context, in the last three years alone, Google has added the equivalent of meta's workforce to its uh, to its roster uh this isn't a new thing by the way every time there's any kind of macro weakness all big tech goes on a hiring spree hoovers up all the good engineers that are leaving uh so why is it down i guess if you can't get it from that the guidance was pretty cautious as well and tough comps again so i'd expect the next report to be as muted it's down nine percent, as Steve says. It looks good to us still. I think uh, it could be uh, one of the things that we uh, probably go out and buy as a as a threesome over the next couple of weeks.
0: Oh yeah, let's do it. let's have a nice Google threesome, shall we? Mm. Um, it's I I, I agree. Um, negative things for me on the Google revenue were YouTube, basically, uh, pretty pretty poor. I think it's been going up sort of 30 percent most quarters and this quarter it's probably only going up two percent which is a bit of a shame um the I, I think you should i agree with you i i'm surprised the world didn't see lower advertising spend during a potential recession right that's that's basically what we should have we should all be seeing really i didn't expect it to come in this bad but i did expect it to be a little bit lower as far as The headcount, guys, I've been seeing a lot on this headcount, and is Google literally doing the same thing it does with tech companies and buying up all of the tech companies just in case some, well, just to make sure no one else gets them, and uh, just in case one of them comes up with a ridiculously good idea that they can patent?
1: I'm not sure about their kind of acquisitions policy. The thing that kind of stood out to me close to that was that they appear to be basically shuttering stuff. Um, And they appear to be kind of closing Mm. down some of their unprofitable things because their margins have shrunk too much and their operating expenses are too high. Um, I'm slightly more surprised than both of you, uh, I think, on this. It didn't massively surprise me that there was some sort of kind of uh tempering here but steve and i have talked historically on this show about what we loosely termed discretionary versus staples uh advertising spend and we talked about the difference between whatever it is brand spending and the kind of spending that you can monitor uh in marketing and i thought um that actually people spend on google would largely stay where it was because it's pretty easy to see how well it's working and it's pretty clear it does work so i thought well, maybe the marketing budgets will get cut but they'll get cut from other places first i don't mind admitting i was kind of wrong about that for what it's worth but i see this as a um a kind of report of two halves there's the revenue growing slowly which does not bother me i would take six percent progress in a bad year um from google i'm all right with that and then there's the eps falling which does bother me actually quite a bit because and again this might sound like i haven't thought about this properly and maybe i hadn't but I didn't really see Google as an inflation-vulnerable company in quite that way. Um, I tend to think of companies that are vulnerable to inflation as manufacturing stuff uh, and things that ship in raw materials and worry about commodities prices. And, okay, Google has a headcount to worry about and wages to pay and stuff, but I was expecting it to prove a bit more inflation-resistant than this. Um the comments from pachai about trying to get that under control in the fourth quarter by shuttering down various kind of unprofitable areas of the business and mm. uh bunkering down on headcount and so on
0: mm. focusing was the term they you used,
1: attempted to make it 20 percent more efficient whatever that nebulously means I didn't really pay attention <laughs> yeah. to the precise bit of that but um That was kind of encouraging to me. That indicates that he's sort of thinking the way that I'd like him to think uh, here. So I'm okay with slow growth. It's a difficult time for that kind of thing. And there was kind of growth. I'll take 3% or 6% or whatever it is in a bad year. Um, I'd like us to try and keep the margins under control, though. So costs going up worries me. And since um, I criticised him last week, I will tip my hat to the man Tim Byers, who on uh, Motley Fool podcast recently... Uh, asked what he was looking for in um the big tech earnings that are coming up he said margins first and foremost um and that's the thing that i wasn't looking out for and is standing out to me and is helping me make a lot of sense so hats off to Mm. him for this one
0: yeah the, the the problem i'm mainly having right now is is google cloud because google cloud is the that big part that is completely unprofitable right now it might be because they're Offering quite a lot of the storage out for extremely cheap to free. I know that my Google One account is currently something like £15 a month, something like that. Whereas if you were to go to AWS or something, it's it's quite considerably more, especially on Azure as well. But Google is very much third place in the cloud environment uh, behind Azure and AWS but it isn't profitable profitable whereas the other two companies do have a very and in particular aws it's extremely profitable it is the flywheel of the business in in that sense and obviously amazon has its advertising side as well do what what do we think about amazon based on the results that have come out for google cloud and microsoft which we'll go through in a minute
2: well, that that'll be the interesting question, I think. Um, the you would expect that. Uh, well, one of the things we talked about when we talked about marketing. Sorry, just to hop back, I'm going to go all the way back to Steve's comment. So, one of the problems is that Google itself isn't um, isn't affected by inflation but its customers are so um as we were talking mm. off air you would imagine something like made.com which ipo'd last year uh, is a big google marketing spend uh, inflation has absolutely murdered and supply chain has murdered that company to the point where uh, anytime soon it should be going bust i think it's half a penny a share at the moment um from a 775 million valuation which is just a year perfect ago perfect
0: time for wall street best to buy right
2: Yeah, or or what's his name? Um, Mike Ashley, he tends to like stuff like this, doesn't he? Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I think Amazon... We were talking, sorry, before about how Amazon is direct advertising. So when somebody searches for, uh, I don't know, a beach ball, for example, For example, Amazon is going to bring you up a list of beach balls that you can buy on the spot. Whereas Google, you've got to click through, you've got to look at the website, you've got to go through, you've got to buy. It's an extra step. Yes, but
0: but if I search for beach ball on Google, it comes up with an Amazon advertisement. You know, it's right there, Google Shopping. And that's where I do, if if I'm searching for random item, I don't, I personally don't go to Amazon to amazon to buy it i just type it into google and then i get a plethora of different places that that i can buy off usually amazon is the place to go but i know what you i know what you're trying to say i'm just well it's not there. by the way i do agree with you on the um, the advertising spend thing i think that advertising was something that was supposed to go and i think you'll see that in facebook's well,
2: here you go. I learned something the other day that us old folk are the only ones who use Google. Young folk do not use Google to ask questions in the way that we do. They go to TikTok to ask it, or they go into Amazon to type in their searches and things like that. So when younger folk are looking for items, they don't go to Google to do any comparison or anything like that. Mm. They go straight to Amazon, they go straight to TikTok and they ask the question directly, which is why sometimes when you're on Reddit seeing me getting incensed of somebody who's asked a question that they could have just Googled and got the answer, it's simply because that's the way the young younger generation is essentially searching so Uh, you're telling
0: me right i i know because i've heard that phrase before that they go onto tiktok to to do their search and they do their learning and and i understand that that's fine but you're telling me in that they click on that spyglass and they click they say what the what color is this or some or you know whatever their question is and they expect somebody to have released a video
2: yeah, or answered it on one of the Yahoo, Yahoo Answer sites or something like that. Yeah, they expect to find it, uh, find it you know, that way. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that's interesting. It's just a different way that people people search. So that's the beauty of Amazon's marketing anyway, is that you know, it, it mm-hmm. is a direct yeah. f- direct consumer sales. AWS, I would have expected to experience in all the same problems as everybody else, but with probably without the massive margin pressures that Google have. AWS mm-hmm. and Azure are much more mature products than Google Cloud. Google Cloud's on kind of a rapid expansion to catch up. Uh, it's third place. I think it's probably gonna end up staying third place. I think AWS and Azure will fight for first place. Mm-hmm. Google will end up a smaller competitor, but when Google has when Google isn't buying servers or putting as many servers in as possible to try and meet demand, and it starts just selling the space it has, then you'll start to see um, you'll start to see Google Cloud turn a profit. That's the stage that Azure and AWS are at. They've got the space; they just need to sell it. Google is building out and selling, which is why they've got negative margins.
0: That's fair enough. Yeah. Well, Microsoft we're talking about Azure as well. Uh, Microsoft came in. Um, beating everything as far as I can tell, um, the expected EPS was $2.30 and they got $2.35 per share and the revenue was $50 billion, expected $49 billion. But guidance was the biggest thing. Everybody, we've been talking about guidance here that has affected Microsoft. We, might be why their share price hasn't dropped as far as Google's has today. But they're expecting a lot of um, problems. Let's let's say headwinds going into the cloud sector. And maybe that's affecting Google because of this third place, this specific third place and the build-out like, like you're talking about.
2: I think... Um, I think Microsoft's report is absolutely fine. Their, their guidance, um, I don't think their guidance was a massive problem either. They, they're basically saying we're still going to grow, but it's going to be quite slow. They said that the PC sales are causing a bit of a a bit of a headwind at the moment. <clears throat> but I think Google's report is what's hurt, hurt Microsoft the most here because immediately after this report, whilst they were giving guidance, Microsoft was up a couple of percent. It was only when Google finished giving their guidance that um, Microsoft's price got uh, got slashed a little bit. So I think, this isn't a case of uh, Microsoft and Google going down. I think this is a case of Microsoft being okay, but Google dragging it down with some, you know, some poor guidance, which would affect uh, Microsoft's already weaker guidance. To be fair, I think Microsoft, are absolutely sandbagging us here. I think they're gonna, they're setting expectations low and they're gonna beat them quite comfortably. But in terms of Microsoft, I thought it was – I think it's a really boring company to Microsoft because it just does exactly what it should do. It it sets expectations and it beats them marginally. There's very rarely any shops in Microsoft earnings. There's very rarely any shops in in their guidance. Um, So, yeah, I, I didn't have much on this, Steve. Do you have much
1: I don't have a huge amount on uh, Microsoft. I thought this was just kind of modest tapered guidance for what it's worth. And I suppose 6% off is sort of fairly uh, modest. It's certainly modest compared to meta platforms that I'm looking at reporting right now, which is down Ooh. around 8% and has missed on top and bottom.
0: Ooh, interesting. So, oh, that's good because mm. they've started to report now. I didn't know that was tonight. So they were down 5% today, I was looking today. They're down five percent
1: today they were down some amount after the snap thing they're down another eight percent in uh extended hours trading their earnings per share are 164 compared to 189 expected revenues 27.71 billion versus 27.3 expected sorry so that's beat i think on revenue it's a miss on earnings uh daily active users is in line monthly active users is slightly higher that's not what i was expecting uh from this stock mm, actually but uh there we are
0: yeah it's, again it's, it's the advertising spend isn't it it's, it's what they're they're sort of thinking when you when we're saying that it's beating estimates that that is still down it's gonna be down like 15 16 something like that well have to i'll have to check that i can't fact check that right now so that's going to be around that sort of uh year on year that's going to be down a much amazon also down four percent today and that might be the last one right that's going to be the last big kicker i think um when do amazon report you know
1: uh tomorrow i think um both them and apple report tomorrow which i think also has the capacity to be a fairly big kicker uh here there's demand concerns around apple of a sort that i'm interested to hear more about since i own that stock
0: yeah once once the amazon earnings come in and what we see from aws whether it Uh, hits expectations or it doesn't if amazon misses on aws even though it's still going to be strong you know it's still going to be growing at 30 maybe 40 percent at least right um but if it does miss i think you're probably going to see google and microsoft get dragged down a little bit with it we'll see how that goes um this is going to come out sunday so we'll know way before sunday whether this was real and i can just cut this out of the podcast but um yeah very interesting to see in bid tech right now um what's what's the crack are you going to struggle to buy all three or four or are you gonna focus on one what do you think you're going to do
2: Well, I I think I'm going to take the Kathy Wood mantra here, and if Amazon and Google fall a significant amount, then they're going to be the focus of my attention. Um, (laughs) I I don't actually own Microsoft uh, in my portfolio. I don't think it'd be... I always feel like I've missed the boat on Microsoft, Uh, but if it was to fall uh, a lot, then uh, obviously it would get interesting. To be fair, I don't see that happening in, in my head. I think Amazon's been quite lucky in that its retail arm uh, has had prime day i would expect that its marketing would have done okay and i would expect that uh, aws would be continue to be the juggernaut so i don't think this is that I mean, we will find out but i don't think this is the quarter where we should really worry about how amazon's done i think they've had another prime day in the the or some kind of special prime sales they've actually had it twice in this quarter so mm. i mean that might mean that retail is very weak yeah or it might be that, that retail same. is quite strong and they're trying to capitalize on it before it gets weak it's one of the two we're going to find yeah. out on thursday and i suppose i could just cut that so i look really smart <laughs> no
0: I, no i like this i i think i think we disagree on this and it'd be it'll be very interesting to see because there's obviously absolutely no way of coming out but when you mentioned the second prime day i had been thinking about that and i saw it the other day and I went why the fuck are they having another second prime day and that's that, to me, just think, feels like, yeah, I feel like in their earnings, they're going to merge the two and say, oh, look, Prime Day got this, and it's going to make it look like the normal the normal amount. But we mm. are actually going to see, because they, they don't have to report that, but um, we're actually going to see that they had to do two to get the same amount of earnings. Or it might even surpass, actually, now, now I think about it. It will surpass, but they'll, they'll merge the two uh, Prime Days together to get a good figure, I think. I... like i said i'm i'm not worried long term long term this is perfectly fine isn't it but we're we're looking at entry points now aren't we we're looking at uh good places to get in i'm looking at amazon's price today and it is now below where i sold it initially which is quite good so uh that's going to be a really good thing for me to look in but are we yeah big big tech wise i'm assuming we're looking at all of them i'm looking at all three but I don't know if I'd wait as much towards Microsoft, similar to what you guys are thinking. But how, is it going to be easy to spread your money across all the big tech at the moment, or do you think it's over?
2: Well, it's easy for me. I deposit every month, and if something there is a value, then I'll put into it. It's going to be very easy for me to spread the money uh, between. I've still got quite a fair amount of um, I used to deposit left, actually, for the first time in a while, so uh, I'll be quite happy to put the rest of it into Google and Amazon if, if need be.
1: Yeah, were it up to me, I would also, I would happily buy any of those three. I'd probably lean Google and uh, Facebook right now. Steve doesn't own Meta, so it, Ooh, building out the ones that he owns. Um, I would be happy continuing to buy that, probably. I haven't looked through the report entirely on that, so there's a kind of biggish caveat there that I want to have a closer look at what's going on with that. But by and large, I think... What I'm learning here is that these are perhaps more cyclical companies than I initially thought they were. Maybe I should have realized that, but learning that things are cyclical and that you're therefore meant to treat them like cyclical, what do you do? You buy them when they're in a down part of the cycle.
0: Yeah. There's no, there's no evidence to say that they're cyclical as such, but it's, it's just a historical idea of it's the new form of advertising, isn't it? I reckon if we looked at ITV or something like that, we would see horrible, horrible, uh, numbers going out and uh, maybe even some initial um, us cable tv i think we'd see horrible ad spend there and like you say i think it will definitely go from there first and i think i think what we've seen is it's already had that transition i think cable and network tv in the us now is is left to the cialis adverts and you know the guys making uh <laughs> you know just try just trying to come up with euphemisms for taking a shit and not being able to um but you know they're, they're always going to stay with the network because the old people are in front of the tv still But actual younger person advertising more modern advertising and things that cater to young families i think that's already moved over to google facebook instagram etc maybe even tiktok i can't really give you too much on tiktok but i think that's already moved over so we're seeing so i don't think what you're thinking there is you- that we should have realized it's cyclical but maybe this is the first nose to- for us to realize that this is where these mature businesses are going to go and they're be- going to become the new cyclicals as far as that goes if they don't continue spawning and blah 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 but we uh, let's move on to little tech uh, Steve D's got one that he's very passionate about, I think.
2: Uh, well, I'm not that passionate about it, but there's a stock <laughs> I do quite like. Are you
0: passionate about anything?
2: <laughs> n- n- not really, but I think that's just because <laughs> I'm from Yorkshire. I don't think I'm supposed to be passionate about anything. Maybe whippets and flat caps, I suppose.
1: Gregs and, and oh, oh, Gregs, yeah, I'm
2: passionate about Gregs. Yeah.
1: Um... Gregs, Greg's and mining stocks. There we go.
2: So, look, Spotify... Uh, Q3 key metrics. Revenue was up to €3 billion. Euros. That was exactly expected. It was growth of 21% year-on-year. Operating loss margin was negative 8%. Oh, sorry, no, it was 8%. Operating loss margin was 8%. It can't be negative 8% because that would be positive. Um, generated 40 million in free cash flow. Uh, monthly active users was up 20% year-on-year to 456 million users. Uh, this current version of Spotify of this as of this quarter can be some up quite easily for me great product bad business and ceo Eck thought so too uh, saying about just as much during the earnings call but he's out to prove you wrong um but yeah he's not wrong at the moment and the bet is wonder that it might be and here's probably why um spotify is about to break the 200 million premium subscriber barrier during the next quarter meaning that in just three and a half years uh, it's doubled the amount of people that are willing to pay for its product. ARPU across uh, is free and its premium product uh, increased again last quarter. This is at a new record high $57 annualized. Um, it's it's pretty high. It's, it's definitely Reverse tracking Netflix. up. Yeah. Uh, whilst we're seeing products like Netflix's user growth start to slow a little bit, it's not happening at Spotify. They're adding around 20 million paying subscribers per quarter. Per year, sorry. Um, Spotify's new competitor, TikTok's Resso, has had no noticeable impact on their business. Although TikTok have reported that it has taken some market share, uh, Spotify said not from us. Uh, (laughs) lastly, looks like they're in the frog boiling business too. Um, they're gonna do a price rise in America soon. Watch this space. So, on the back of that. Uh, little snippets the stock went down about 12%. I had 8% written down, but I think it's nearly 12% now. And why is this? Well, gross margin on the free tier has absolutely collapsed. It's dropped from being mm. just under 11% to being about 1.8%. Um, this is gross margin as well. So, this is just reflecting the tougher ad market that we've just covered ad nauseum with all the other stocks. Yeah. This is a temporary issue. This should come back. Uh, FX has also had Spotify as well, taking about 85 million euros off the bottom line. And lastly, just to sort of compound it, they got it pretty weak as well. They think these gross margin problems are going to continue for at least the next quarter. Uh, it's going to continue to add downward pressure on the net income. To be clear, in this environment and with, with Spotify's already tight margins, we shouldn't expect them to be profitable when macro environment turns like this. So I'm, I'm not shocked about anything I saw in this quarter or guide. I didn't even think it was a particularly disappointing uh, report. I'm not in the market for any more Spotify at the moment. But um, I think it might be a decent entry point for somebody who fancies taking the good side of the bet.
0: Yeah, this environment is classic. Got to be profitable, right? Got to be profitable if you're going into... Because if you're not, there's, well, there's two things, ain't there? You either got a ridiculous amount of debt Or you're not, or if you're not profitable, they're the two things that can lead you to becoming insolvent, bankrupt, blah blah blah. I'm not saying Spotify isn't any risk of that, but I think the stronger stocks through a recessionary environment are going to be the ones that have free cash flow and have, or at least they're the targets of the investors, basically. Um, The the other thing is um, great products, not a bad. Or bad business. It's not Twitter, is it? It's not. It's not this unmonetizable monetizable thing that's that's out there. Twitter is just seems to be a terrible, terribly unmonetizable. But Spotify could be. It really could be. And it's it's the 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 only thing is this network effect that it has um, could be under threat. Uh, I've always thought that. I've always thought that it's a very replicable model but it's no one's ever been able to pull it off um are you 12 percent underwhelmed by this by this report
2: i don't think so no i think this was a again uh, pretty much exactly what you would expect from um spotify it's Good growth on the monthly active users. Good growth on the premium subscribers. The ad-supported tier has collapsed, like every ad-supported tier you would expect has collapsed uh, across the market. Uh, they just the spend mm. isn't there for, especially outside of the the sort of like Google products, the sort of very fast products that a marketing department go to. Um, I think that you know you would have fully expected what's happened to Spotify to to happen. But Steve, is this any shock to you at all?
1: Um, I don't know about a shock. I thought there was more to be positive. I don't think this is 12 percent's worth of shock to me for what it's worth. I mean, I think you mentioned in that list of um, stats, kind of higher ARPUs and higher premium subscribers, right? Yep. Yeah. As I see these kind of businesses, they've more or less come down to two things, which is basically how many users can you get and how much revenue can you make per each one of them? Uh, and as long as those two numbers keep going in the right direction, I sort of feel fairly positive. I'm not going to keep going on about how I feel about Spotify's free thing. Uh, It doesn't surprise me that people are kind of leaving that thing or revenues going down on that with ad spend and so on. If I was an advertiser, and I'm not, um, it would be, you've seen my attempts at making adverts, and don't pay any attention to me if you're in a a marketing division. But um, if I was an advertiser, Spotify would be low down my list of uh, places to advertise because I think most of the time people just get angry at the damn thing. Uh, So... Not massive surprise to me. That's kind of collapsing a little bit. The difference between Spotify and Twitter, for me, for what it's worth, and this just speaks even worse to Twitter, is that Spotify doesn't own most of its content. Uh, from what I can tell, they have to basically yeah. get it in from the people who do. Twitter, at least, doesn't pay the people uh, that write all the tweet At least I'm not aware it pays people to write yes. tweets or anything like that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, but uh, it feels to me like Twitter ought to be easier to make money on because at least you don't have to buy it all in
2: that's the thing with Twitter there's an actually proven model on how to make money from social media mm-hmm. and they've still not managed it and Spotify I think their ad tier is basically I, I think the dream is that they will absorb radio advertising as that slowly dwindles away but I think yeah. the issue with that is that radio spend uh, on advertising isn't dropping in the sort of dramatic way that I think they expected it to do so um, so you know maybe when things get more targeted when Spotify obviously is going to have a lot more data than uh, a local radio station the idea that they could target somebody with a you know a local company to a local user uh you know when they can offer that kind of granularity to their to their advertising perhaps they'll do a little bit better out of this but in the meantime when ad spends are down i mean i wouldn't even focus on the free tier if i was spotify i would just keep working on the premium tier one of the things that people really want is this hi-fi version this high fidelity audio version uh, it was asked again in the quarter this is the i think it's the fourth straight quarter that i've heard somebody ask daniel Ek when it's coming and he conveniently talked about something that was absolutely nothing to do with it so uh, i don't think it's coming anytime <laughs> it's soon it's not but, coming anytime hey, soon spotify platinum high fidelity audio charge them 50 percent more why can't you do this
0: oh absolutely and uh, and i also disagree i with the advertising thing i think spotify is one of the top places that you should be putting advertising right now because you've got a capture captive audience right there right in your ears but one question i was going to ask you to is um because i genuinely don't know what the answer is and don't know where it would lean but if you guys got in your car to go and do your commute to work i imagine you walk to work steve w but let's just say oh no you don't oh, ask oh i cycle um oh right okay so you i know what your answer is going to be but would you listen to the radio or are you putting on spotify is it going straight in because i know the answer from some people but i don't know what it is for you guys
1: the answer for me when i'm going anywhere in the car or even very occasionally on the bike i tend not to i tend to have my ears kind of tuned to the surroundings in the bike a little bit but um it's it's definitely more often a podcast uh for me mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I have Spotify podcasts on the way in. Uh, unless there's some kind of political turmoil, and I feel like being a little bitch about it, I'll, I'll listen to LBC. And uh, you know what? I I
0: that's very interesting because um, I I know that people that people that use certain cars that I use, the radio is always getting tuned to different stations, which means they are not plugging in their phone and they are not using podcasts if i go on a long journey it's podcast 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 because but i think that's just the kind of people that we are right we we are constantly on here and i'm on the videos and i'm constantly trying to learn from other people so i can understand why we're on the podcast there and i can get my podcast from anywhere else right but i'm not listening to spotify music and very interesting that you listen to lbc because if i'm going on short journeys that's that is the channel that I will flick to because I'm, I'm fed up of listening to music in the car. Now, I wonder if that's a trend and that we're moving towards podcasts and uh, if that is somewhere where Spotify need to be thinking about monetizing, because I don't think they monetize podcasts in the same way ex- other than just paying for Joe Rogan 100 million to, to be on there. Very interesting one and it actually explains a lot about podcast advertising because podcast advertising is actually kind of <laughs> annoying i know we've uh, just started doing bits of it as well but um unless it's <laughs> unless it's the right sort of <laughs> advert and yeah i know unless it's the right sort of advert that's going towards uh your audience because sometimes i'll be listening to podcasts and i'll get like an advert for like manscaping or something like that some sort of like shaving my balls off or something like that and and that's it, it just did. doesn't <laughs> <laughs> I think it is, you know, because some of, the, some of these, uh, these manscaping advertisements is not for you. They don't talk about beer. They go, "Oh, do you want to use the same blade as, as your face for your balls?" And it's it, you'd be surprised. Um, oh no! Why doesn't go- Paul write the ads? For where am I going with this?
2: I forgot my <laughs> joke. In the, in the how's your week being I was I was going to say that I had like a RuPaul contestant. I had sparkled up my backside. <laughs> That's all right.
0: That's good next joke. week. <laughs> That's a good joke. Anyway, where I was going with it is I like podcast. I do like podcast advertising when it's, when it's targeted properly. And, uh, I think a lot of the podcasts are making a lot of money out of that advertising. That's where Spotify is not making money i think they're doing a test with joe rogan
2: i think that absolutely spotify's next move has to be dynamic advertising through its uh through its podcast network i think the podcasters should be able to create a 15 or 30 second space in their adverts and spotify should be able to dynamically you know fill that with what their what their customers make it
0: make it youtube make make a a youtube YouTube YouTube.
2: advert yeah we'll make a slot and you fill it up
0: yeah and hey and they'll um (laughs) Yeah, and basically you'll you'll get your advertisers to bid for for the ears of whatever listener is listening to whatever sort of podcast, and then it allows the podcasters to start making some real advertising ready revenue. And then you see YouTube. Surely, why is this not going through the head of Spotify? Have they just not got the technology to 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 get this? Do they need to bring on a a YouTube exec and? uh bring it in, bring it in to make this dy- dynamic advertising i just don't get it
2: i don't think we're the first people to come up with this at spotify i think they've got smart people probably working on this as we speak i would expect it to come pretty sharpish mm. to be honest
1: come on no get a move on no. because you're not making money no you lost me at the bit where you said podcast is making revenue
0: <laughs> well thank you very much for listening this week um we don't make any money what uh, Never, anything what, what you what amount of youtube subscribers are we on this week something. 9.65. 9.60 something. So around 40 people we need and then maybe we start making some revenue and we can keep this podcast going. Thank you very much for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week.